Hallelujah. Sometimes people are saying, Where, where's my money go? And when we give to the church, where does it go? That's one of the places that we were able to get down and minister to, to Riverside Indian School. It's in Anadarko. There is over, over 20 states and 80 tribes that go to that school. So let's give the Lord some praise once again for that. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, good morning. Come on, turn to your other neighbor and say, good morning. Listen, somebody, hey, listen, the kids won't ever bother me if they, if they're a little rambunctious or they want to, they want to have the opportunity to, to talk or to whisper or whatever. They're not going to bother us. How many of you know it's, it doesn't bother God? In fact, I think he loves to hear the sound of the children. Can we give the Lord some praise for the kids in here today? Hallelujah. We are grateful for that. Hey, I just, first of all, I want to say thank you to everybody. Um, Shelly and I got a chance to go on vacation. How many of you know the word of God says, whatever you do in word and deed, you do it unto the Lord Jesus Christ. So here we are. We're visiting with this young man that actually works for this, uh, the Wyndham Corporation or whatever. And we're visiting with him. And we got an opportunity to do what? To pray and to minister to him. We actually, God put us in a position, and you've got to listen for that and look for that. How many of you know when you go on vacation, you just don't go on vacation from God? Hello? Because he's with us all the time, right? He lives in us. If you're a believer and follower of Christ, he lives what? In you, and he wants to flow through you. So I do want to tell you that we had the opportunity to, to be able to minister, and I know that young man was blessed. He had recently moved uh, from Texas to Colorado, uh, Pagosa Springs there, and we just came in agreement that his house was being sold in Texas. So, amen. We're, we got his email. So we said, make sure you email us and make sure that we know when that email comes, that we're going to rejoice with you that the house is sold. So first of all, I want to thank everybody and happy, happy birthday, mother. Um, how many of you guys are ready for today? Let me tell you a little bit about what's going to take place today. We're going to, we're going to have some time of family. How many of you know family matters? Say that. Family matters. Family matters, whether it's a biological family or a spiritual family that you're part of, or whether you've been adopted. Come on, somebody. Family matters. And we're going to see that it really matters to God. Did you know that God created family and family is important to him? Did you know that God created family and family is important to him? Somebody say family matters. So family matters. So I want to share just a few moments uh, about my testimony. I am the youngest of five. Well, I'm the baby. And got any babies in here? I mean, you know, the youngest of the family. Uh, yay. Okay, let's see the babies. Come on, babies. Yeah. All right. You guys are awesome. So we're the, we're the baby of the family. The thing about in family being the baby, and I'm the youngest of five, whatever I went to go do to try to get away with something, Bryce, my brothers and sisters had already done it. So I could go into the other room and mom would go, get out of that record cabinet. And I'd be going, how does she know that? How does she know that? And I didn't for the longest time know how she would know that. I'd get on my bike and I'd be riding down the driveway and she'd say, get that bike back in here. You haven't finished your green beans. And I was like, how did she know that? So I want to tell you a little bit about family. Can I tell you? I'm going to boast on my oldest sister. My oldest sister is named Bonnie. Bonnie, Bonnie, Bo, Bonnie, Bo, 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 Bonnie. Some of us are showing our age if we remember that song, don't we, right? So that's we we would say, Bo, Bonnie, you know. So being the oldest, she helped take care of the youngest. Now, I do have, I do have a younger sister. She went home to be with the Lord just a couple of weeks after she was born. And how many of you know when I get to heaven, I'm going to meet my sister? Amen. 
Amen. So Bonnie's my oldest, so she was kind of like the mom. Do I have any of the oldest of the family around here? There's a few of you that are oldest. You guys know what I'm talking about. You guys were always looked on like, here's the kids, take care of them. Here, do this. You were the mother of the family. You took care of those things. So we had uh, five kids. How many of you know that's a lot of children? But some days I had a buddy of mine. He had 18 in his family. I'm telling you, he was a, he had older brothers and sisters that he didn't even know. They didn't live in the house when he lived in the house. Are you with me? They had already graduated when he was born. So Benny had a, had a large family and, and we always had some fun for family. But I had this one time. We had chores. Anybody have any chores? Yeah, sometimes, you know, it's part of being a family because family matters. You should be able to do some things. So one set the table. One cleaned up the table, one washed the dishes, and one dried. Is that pretty good? And then one had the night off, all right? So this just so happened to be one of the times that I had the night off. So everybody's done. We're finishing dinner. I am not done yet because I have some green things on my plate. They are peas. Anybody like peas? Okay, well, never mind. Anybody don't like peas? I'm talking to y'all. Amen? So I'm sitting at the table. Bonnie, everybody has, they've cleaned up. I'm the only one that's left. Bonnie is beginning to wash the dishes. There's nobody in the kitchen except for Bonnie washing the dishes and me sitting at the table. Are you with me? So I'm sitting at the table. Bonnie's saying, when are you going to be done? When are you going to be done? So I have got these peas. And I decide, maybe I shouldn't tell these kids that. Hey, I'm Pastor Eric. I'm just like you. I put my britches on just like you do, my shoes. Anyways, I don't like peas. I'm going to tell you guys what not to do. I take these peas, right, and I put them in my mouth, and I put them into my napkin. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? So I'm done with my plate. I go into the to the uh, trash can, and it was had a little door. I put it in there, and I go back there, and I sit down, and I'm getting my plate together, and Bonnie goes, are you done? And I said, yes. Yeah. She said, where are those peas? I said, I ate them. So I'm getting my plate. I look over. Next thing you know, Bonnie goes over to the closet and looks in the trash can, and she sees those. I see her put it back in there. She closes it goes into the living room, and here come mom and Bonnie together. Does anybody understand what's fixing to happen? So I get, I'm there, and they say, did you eat those peas? And I said, yes. <laughs> and they said, what did you do with them? I said, well, I put them in my mouth, but then I spit them into the napkin and threw it in the trash. And they said, that's not acceptable. Sit down. How many of you know I got another serving of peas? And I, I, I'm a negotiator, right? I get this other serving of peas, and I'm like, okay, if I'm going to eat these peas, I'm going to take them like pills. i got to have another glass of milk. And being the youngest of five, milk went through our house all the time. In fact, we never had real milk. We had the milk that's in a box. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? That's flakes that you put it with water and mix it up. Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. You're like, huh? I thought it came in a gallon jug. No, we we had mixed milk. It was that dry milk that you mix with water. So I got more milk, got some ice in it, and I ate my peas and drank my milk. And ate my peas and drank my milk. And ate my peas and drank my milk. Thanks, Bonnie. She may be watching us by Internet. Thanks, sis. I appreciate that greatly. I, I appreciate that. I ended up, so now I'm not eating peas, y'all. 
or green beans. My mother-in-law is always saying, you know, your taste buds change. I'm like, they change, they change, they change. I still don't like them. I didn't like them 10 years ago. I don't like them two weeks ago. I still don't like them. I'm not eating them. Somebody say family matters. God created a family, put me into this family as the baby within the family. And how many of you know that there's a, there, the family unit is important to God. But there is an attack today on families. There, there are people that are trying to divide and, and separate and redefine and do all sorts of things about families. But family is about being part of something bigger than just you. We can be the family, the Cox household. It was our family. We have family reunions together. We uh, lived in upstate New York. We'd have a clam bake. You know, we'd boil and steam clams, and they'd open up, and we'd eat the clam out of the inside of the shell. Are you with me? And y'all are like, no. Anyways, you would be kind of like you guys having a family reunion. Isn't it awesome sometimes when we come together to look around, and we're just kind of having a little family reunion today. Let's, let's take a look. I want to read a couple of scriptures. I want to get to a place and the kids are going to help me out. Deuteronomy 6. There you go. If you have your Bible, and some of you are like, I added a phone and I added a tablet on there. So if you got a phone and a tablet or a, a, a Bible, like I have a, a real Bible. Not that those are not real, but I don't have a digital Bible. I do have them, but I'm going to use my real one right now. It's got, it's like, I can feel it. I can feel it. I like to. I like the, the wings of the angel when I flip the pages. I want to look at Deuteronomy 6. Let's verses, read verses 5 through 9. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your might. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk with them as you sit in your house and when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and you shall be frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Everybody look at me real quick, especially fathers. Verse 7, it says, you shall teach them diligently to your sons. How many of you know he's talking about family? He's talking about family. He says, you can teach them diligently to your sons, and you will talk about them. And he starts saying, Talk about the principles and the precepts of the word of God in your family when you sit in your house. Anybody sit in your house? We'll have conversations at our dinner table and, and have conversations about what God, what God is like, what he does, what he's doing in our lives, how he's blessed us, the things that we give God the praise and glory for. He says, not only when you sit in your house, but when you walk by the way, when you lay down at night, how many know that sometimes it's good to have some nightly prayers. Amen. I just can lay in bed when I can't sleep at times. I, I can lay in bed and I can begin to thank God for the things in our life. I begin to thank him for you. I thank him for you having wisdom. I thank him for your lives. I thank him for, for the, the blessings that you guys are to us. I begin to thank God for those things. And that's about family. He says, not only when you lie down, but when you rise up. He's saying, here's... Fathers, teach your sons. Talk to your sons. And I'm going to say sons and daughters. Say that with me. Sons and daughters. So, ladies, that also includes you. He's saying teach your sons. Talk to your sons. When you rise up, when you lie down, all the time, day and night, begin to start looking and teaching about God and sharing about God. A lot of times, a lot of families don't ever hear about God. 
or there's one person in the family that may talk about God, I want to encourage you to keep talking about God. Keep talking about it in your families. So I thought, well, let's, if families matter, then let's take a look at some scriptures. Let's take a look at the family. Let's take a look at a biblical view of the family. Can we do that real quick? First of all, I want to start off when you, we talk about Adam and Eve. How many of you know Adam and Eve are the original mom and dad? Come on, somebody. They are the original mom and dad. Uh, I was reading at a, a dictionary a few weeks ago, a, a, a Bible dictionary, and it says this. It says, it was the name given to the first man, which is Adam. Say Adam. Do you know that Adam means like red or red earth? We're going to see the correlation here in just a minute. It says the creation, the fall, and the history of this descendants are detailed in the book of Moses. You can find this in Genesis chapter 1 through chapter 5. He says God created man. Remember, he created man, what? In his own image and in his own likeness. He created him. He created male and female. He created them. Say family. Listen, from the very start, there was family. Even before this human family was placed on the earth, there was the family of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. Then there's a physical human family that's placed on the earth, and Adam was the first one. He was absolutely the first man that God created. He was formed out of the dust of the earth, remember? And God what? Breathed into his nostril. So I imagine it was red dirt. <laughs> You're like, wait a minute, it might have been black. Well, no, Adam means red. That's where he got his name from. So it was red dirt. All I know in North Carolina, we have a lot of red clay. There's red clay. There's red earth in there. And sometimes when you think about that, you're like, okay. He, he formed him out of the earth, and he breathed into his nostril, and then there was life. And he gave him dominion over what? Gave him dominion over what? Everything, the earth, the birds, the creeping things, the, the plants. He gave dominion over everything on the earth itself. He said he was placed in creation. Where was he placed in? The garden of what? He was placed in the garden of Eden. It was an amazing place. How many of you, do I have any horticulturists? Do I have any botanists? Anybody that likes to get their hands in the earth? A couple of you guys? Okay, good. Okay, that it was an amazing place. You would, you would just, it would be awesome. I mean, can you imagine what the Garden of Eden was like? I'm a, uh, that's for another time. But I, I want us to realize that how he was able to be placed in there, and his job was to cultivate it. His job was to, to take care of it. His job was to be able to watch it produce. He was placed in this creation. He was placed in the Garden of Eden. He cultivated it the fruits, the vegetables, all of those things. And there was one thing that God told him not to do, and that was what? Don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Are you with me? He's like, don't eat that, because if you do, you're surely going to die. So this was Adam. He was his, You know what his first job was? Hey, kids, do you know what Adam's first job was? He named the beasts. He named the animals. Yeah, Callan. He named those animals. That's right. His first responsibility was to be able to name those animals. And God brought it to him. And now when God brought them by, he named them. I figured Adam must have got tired because all of a sudden, listen, God put him in a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, guess what God did? He came, the Bible says, 
we, we think about it as being a rib, but the Hebrew is really the side of a man. He came and took from the side of a man, Adam, and he created Eve. Somebody say, woo la la. <laughs> he, he created Eve. He fell asleep. He created Eve. He caused him. He took his flesh. He closed it up. And then from the side of the man, or we'll use the rib, he created woman. He created woman. And then he presented the woman to Adam. So Adam woke up and he was like, ooh la la. <laughs> wow, that, that, that's, that's my wife. Did you know that Eve means life? Say life. Adam received his wife. Now what did he say? This is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. And it was like, Wow. Now all of a sudden you see God creating what he originally designed was for family. Say family is important. So he called her Eve. Eve means life or living. The family, the human being family was placed on the earth. Now, Adam and Eve had how many children? Nope, it's a, it's a, it's a, yeah, actually, there, the Bible talks about three, but the Bible also talks about they had many more after Seth. So the first child they had, was anybody know the first child? A son, and his name was Cain. Everybody say Cain. Cain was the first one. Cain was the first one. And Cain means possession. Cain can also mean pride. How many of you know this is where the Canaanites came from? And they were a prideful bunch. So there was pride. Then the second son that came along, anybody know who he was? Abel. Everybody? Abel. Abel was the second son. Now, Cain, he was, uh, he was the, oh gosh, he was the, the tiller of the ground. He was the, uh, uh, the botanist, the, 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 the person that took care of everything. He loved the, the vegetables and that. And that was what he did. Now, how many of you know what Abel's job was? Any, do I have any people that have any animals? Cows? Callum? A dog? He took care of all the animals, didn't he? Yes? He took care of horses. How many of you know he took care of cows? Could I say that he was a cowboy? Oh, no, now, wait a minute, wait a minute. What about pigs? Do you think he took care of any pigs? He was a pig farmer, too. Come on, somebody. He took care of all of the animals, sheep and goats. Callum, yes? He was a herdsman. Everybody say herdsman. Herdsman. He, that's what he did. He, he took care of the herd. He was, he was that. That literally means breath. It means vanity or weakness. How many of you know who the first martyr was? The first martyr. It was Abel. Abel gave his life up. He was martyred. God called him righteous and the offering that he gave was righteous. How many of you know that God's plan, just because Cain killed Abel, God's plan for family didn't end. Hello? Seth, I mean, Cain and Abel, Cain killed Abel. They had no more children. And then guess who came along? A man by the name of Seth. Say Seth. I want us to understand, Seth means foundation. Oh, come on, somebody. Look at the picture of Jesus Christ. He is the cornerstone. We are built on a foundation. Seth now becomes the foundation. The seed that Adam and Eve had came through Cain and Abel. When Cain killed Abel, Cain then was 
exiled out of the garden. Are you with me? And then guess who comes along? The foundation. Say foundation. The foundation came along and it was Seth. We call them the Sethites. <laughs> we call them the Sethites. So does family matter to God? Yes, he still had a plan. Although Cain killed Abel, he still had a plan. Cain was exiled out of the garden. Seth means foundation. It also means appointed or appointed one. See, he was a place where he came along and God had placed within him the families of the nation. Come on, somebody of Israel, that all of a sudden you begin to start seeing Seth and Seth begat a, a, a guy named Enos. He gave he had a son and his name was Enos. And if you go through his family line, Enos literally means weakness. Enos, listen, means humility. Say humility. It means humility. What's the opposite of the Canaanites? Pride. What's the opposite of pride? What's the opposite of pride? What's the opposite of humility? Do you see the difference? God is all of a sudden moving in. He's got Seth. Seth now is the foundation, and the foundation is on humility, not on pride. Oh, come on, somebody. He's on humility. The foundation is on humility. Jesus came and humbled himself as a man. Oh, come on, because that was the foundation. So we go from Seth, we go to Noah. In the line of Seth is Noah. Does anybody know anybody know about Noah? What about Noah and the ark? Did God just save Noah or did God have family so ingrained in what he wanted to do in the earth that he not only saved Noah, but he saved his what? Come on, everybody. He saved his what? It was the family. It was a family thing. So when we look at that, so from nine generations from Seth to Noah, then you go, which actually is ten generations from Adam, Adam to Noah, ten generations from ten from Noah to Abraham. Somebody say Abraham. See, Noah had three children. Does anybody know who they are? Is it a little bit? Noah had three children, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Shem was the oldest one. Ham was the one embarrassed. You can, you can read about that. He embarrassed his father and Japheth and Shem. Shem was the oldest one. So from the time of Seth to Noah, Noah to Abraham. Anybody know what we call Abraham? Anybody know this old song? Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Left foot, right foot. I go, yeehaw. Shelly's like, don't be doing yeehaw. I was like, Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Yeehaw. <laughs> Say, Father Abraham. So a lot of times, and that's where we understand when you look at the Old Testament and even into the New Testament, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they know that their father is Father Abraham. I want to get into Genesis 17, 4 and 5. Richard, if I could have you guys come on up. and Oh, yeah, if you'll move that real quick. If um, Thank you, Lord, for helping him. Genesis 14, or 17, 4 and 5. Let's take a look at that real quick as they do this. I'm going to ask the kids to come on up here with me. 
all the kids, if you're, if you can come on up, come on up and I want you to sit right up here with me, if you will. Say, so we're talking about Father Abraham. What are we talking about? Father Abraham. You guys just sit down here just a minute. Where's Mr. Jude at? Where's Mr. Jude at? Oh, <laughs> I was <laughs> good to see you. Vanessa, where's Miss Vanessa? How about Mr. Josiah? I'm passing you out, but you don't need this here. Josie, where's Miss Josie at? Here's yours. Give that to Angel. And Mr. Micah, where's Mr. Micah at? Here he is. And Mr. Zakai, you don't need that. Okay. Can you guys look at me? Can you turn and look at me? Everybody turn and look at me. So Adam and Eve were the original mom and dad. Noah had three sons. And from the line of Noah, coming from Seth, comes to Noah. And from Noah, Abraham was born. Everybody say Abraham. It's in the same lineage. Okay. And look at what God says about Abraham in Genesis 17, verses 4 and 5. He says, as for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you will be the father of a multitude. What do you think a multitude is? A family? A a family of few or many? Many. Many. A multitude is a family of many. And he goes on and he says in that scripture, He says, no longer shall your name be called Abram, but I shall give you the name Abraham. For I have made you the father of multitude of nations. Everybody say many, many. So he's telling Abraham that you're going to be the father of many. How many of you know multitude is a lot? Say a lot, a lot. Is it a whole lot? It's a whole lot. Do you think that there's stars in the sky? There's a lot of stars? Yeah, yeah. And they're all those stars. Do you think you could ever count all those stars when they're out at night? No. So he says, you're going to have children, which in our case, we're talking about what? About family. Family what? Matters. Say family matters. So he's talking about family matters. So he's talking about family. You, His goal when he was talking to Abraham was to say there is going to be a multitude of people on the earth and there is a great need for family. So he goes on and look at verse 6 and 7. This is what he says. He says, I will make you exceedingly fruitful. I look around and some of you individuals have tried to be fruitful on and of yourself. Amen. You're fruitful and multiplying. I remember one time, Sarah and Jeremy, I told Sarah, I said, Sarah, you, you don't have to take this. You don't have to populate the whole earth, right? You don't, but, but, you know, they allowed God to do what he wanted to do with him. He told Abraham that you're going to be exceed, exceedingly fruitful. And he says, I will make a nation of you. He says, then kings, say kings. He says, kings will come forth from you. I will establish my covenant between me and you And he says, your descendants. How many of you know that is your family? Between you and your families. He's okay. You're okay, aren't you? Daddy's going to get you. He says, for the thoughtfulness or throughout your generation, I will make an everlasting covenant to be your God. 
to not only Abraham, but he also says his descendants, or could I say his family, his family. So God wants to be God, not only to Virginia and Jerry, but also to Shelly and I, also to Rachel and Joel and the rest of our kids, also to the grandchildren and the great-grandchildren from descendants on and on and on again. Everybody say family. Does family matter? Yeah, family matters. Family matters. Here's some, I, I asked the kids to give me a help, to help me a little bit, um, because here's some scriptures. You might say, well, pastor, wait a minute. Those were just Old Testament scriptures. And what about the New Testament? And that's one thing I want to take a look at it real quick. So, Jude, I'm going to have you share. Um, I want you to listen real carefully to these scriptures and see where family is involved. Acts 3.25, saying to Abraham, from you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So this is in Acts chapter 3. He was talking about Abraham, and God told Abraham, through Abraham, you, all the families will be what? All the families will be what? Come on, everybody. All the families will be what? So we can receive the blessing of Abraham. Vanessa, where's Miss Vanessa? Gladys, Galatians 3.26. For you are all the sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. So we're all what? Sons. And ladies, if I can be the bride of Christ, you can be a son. Amen? So it's a, it's a generic term that we're all sons or sons and daughters. And how do we become sons and daughters? By this scripture says faith. Turn to your neighbor and say faith. Josiah? John 1, 12. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To as many have received him. How do we, how do we receive Jesus? By faith, don't we? We receive Jesus by faith. He says as many as received him, he gave them the right to become children of God. Josie? 2 Corinthians 6.18 And I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. <laughs> and I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord God Almighty. He says, I'm going to be a father to you. See, a lot of times we don't realize how fatherless our generations are. How fatherless the generations that are coming up. We've got to connect them, got to connect everyone to the Father which is in heaven. Do you remember when Jesus told the disciples how to play, pray? He said, our Father which is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He called him the Father. Uh, Angel? Ephesians 1, 5, he presented us to be adopted as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ. 
Can you see the family theme? There's a thread that runs all the way through the Bible from the very beginning through Revelations. There's a theme. There's a thread that we're to be sons and daughters of the Most High God. Uh, Micah? 1 John 3, 3. See how great a, a love the Father has given us that we would that we would be called children of God. All that is what we are. Wow. <laughs> he says that we would be called the children of God, and he reiterates it and says, that is what we are. Do we have any sons and daughters of the Most High God in this place today? Let's give him some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's talking about families. Turn to your neighbor and say, family matters. Does it really matter? Is it really important to God? Yes, it is. Does it really matter? Is it important to you? Yes, it should be. Does it really matter from the very beginning that God wanted family and created family, that we were to be part of a family? We believe in the Lord Jesus Christ by what? By faith. We are saved by God's grace through what? Faith. Somebody tell your neighbor family matters. Come on, tell them, say family matters. Zakai has, has, has this next scripture that they have been working on, and then we're about getting done. Zakai? Romans 5, verse 1 and 2. Since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith, into this grace in which we now stand. Come on, let's give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to have you guys go sit back with your moms and dads and grandparents and Friends and neighbors and everything else. Susan, if you will, Miss Susan, I'll have you come. Say family matters. I love having the kids around me. I, I love having them. It brings life. Adam means red man. Adam means red man. Eve means life. Everybody say life. Jesus Christ came to give us what? Life and to give it to us more abundantly. How many of you know that Jesus had a family? The Bible says that when he was in the synagogue teaching that his mom and dad, there must have been a caravan. You ever been with a group of people? Come on, you know you've been with a group of people before, and you're like, oh, I lost one. Where are they? Where are they? Where they're at? I lost one. That's what happened. They were like, where is Jesus? They're like, I don't know. Let's go back and see. And when they came in to tell Jesus, they said, your mom and dad, your family's out there. He had a family. He came from a family. How many of you know you may be alone? But that doesn't mean you don't have a family. You may be the single born one person in a family. You may be the only child, but that doesn't make you the only person. It doesn't make you not any, uh, it doesn't make you less than anybody else because we together have a family in God. Do you know that we need to start paying attention and treating each other like family? That we are able to forgive. Come on somebody. That we're able to forgive others as a family. I remember there were times in my life when there were some things that happened to me as a young child. And I was able to forgive my brother. Or I was able to forgive my sisters. And how many of you know I needed them to forgive me too? I have forgiven my sister for making me eat those peas. I have forgiven her for doing that. The Bible talks about this. We heard the scriptures. That we are justified by faith. We become a child, a son, or a daughter of the Most High God 
by faith. This is not about a religion. It's about a relationship. God created us to be in families. Do you know that our family, our family, our spiritual family is anybody who knows Jesus as their Lord and Savior? I've got brothers and sisters around the world. You've got brothers and sisters around the world. You've got them in Africa. You've got them in India and Honduras. You've got them in Cuba and Brazil and Mexico and Argentina and Ireland and Ukraine and Italy and Egypt and the Côte d'Ivoire in Africa and Romania. You've got them in Israel as well as the United States. Every tribe, every color, every size, every shape. What makes us family is one common thread, and that is Jesus Christ. He makes us family. When we look at the cross and we think about this coming Resurrection Sunday in a few weeks, we think about Jesus. We think about the cross. We think about the death, burial, and the resurrection. But how many of us have thought about family? Jesus wanted family was so important to him. That on the cross that he looked and he said, John, there's mom. She's your mom now. And mom, that's your son. He was saying, John, take care of mama. We should take care of one another. We pray for one another. I'm glad to see Rachel here today. I was glad to see Pastor Jessica here today. I'm glad to see you here today. This is not a place of condemnation. This is a place of hope. Somebody say hope. Come on, say it again. It's a place of hope. It's a place of family. It's a place where I've fallen and I can't get up. Then Courtney can come and help me up. It's a place of fallen and I don't know what to do. That somebody can pray for you and lift you back up and dust you off and say, keep moving again. Are you here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Are you here today and you don't have peace with God? God wants you to have peace with him. You can make that decision today. I'm going to ask us just to close your eyes a moment. If you're here today and you have never received Jesus Christ, I'm asking you to do it in your heart. Every eye closed, every head bowed, please. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Just be silent a moment. Moms, I know you got to peek out of the side to look at the kids. It's okay. Maybe you're here today and you've never made that decision. I'm asking you to make that decision in your heart today. He says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. God so loved the world that he sent his only son, Jesus. He died for us, paid for our sin, your past, present, and future sin. He paid the price. It's done. God's not reminding you of your sin. That's the enemy reminding or yourself reminding you of your sin. But God's not reminding you of your sin because the Bible says he's removed that sin as far away as the east is from the west, never to be remembered again. Maybe you're here today and you want to rededicate your life today. If there's any of that, maybe you're here today and just say, I just want to get closer to God. I'm just asking you to slip your hand up to the Lord today. Just slip your hand up to the Lord. I thank you. Thank you, Lord. We seize those hands. We seize those hands. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I want to pray for you before we dismiss today. Father, I thank you for we are family. We are family. We thank you for Jesus who allows us to be family. And that we can become one, Father, just as you are one. 
as Jesus said, as I am in you and, and, and you are in me, so the disciples can be one with us. But let us be one. Let us be one in unity. Unity doesn't have to be uniformity. We don't have to look the same. But God, we know that we serve the same Lord. We serve the same King. We serve you, Jesus. You are our Lord. You are Savior. Right now, if you will, within your heart, just say, I just receive you, Lord. Just say, I receive your goodness. I receive your grace. I receive your love. I receive your mercy. I receive your gentleness. Ask God, just say, I receive your wisdom. I receive revelation of who you are. Ask him to shape you and change you and mold you and make you more into his image and into his likeness. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You guys can look at me a moment. Family matters. Family matters. I want to challenge you when you read through the Bible. There are times where Jesus talked to the disciples. And there were times where it was a family discussion. And he would go to a higher place. And he'd get his disciples together. And he'd say, guys, I want to share with you something that I don't want to share with them. So there are times in here today that where there are family discussions, there's family matters. We're doing family business today. Amen? Because it's about God. The sooner you make it about him, the better off we're going to be. And it's about Jesus. On the count of three, could I give you just, have you just give a great mighty shout and a hand clap of praise for Jesus? One, two, three. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, come on up here, sister. Here's what I'd like to do. You got anybody hungry? Listen, if you listen, listen, I, I say this every time I tell Shelly, I said, every time we, every time we have a, a family lunch, if you've come here today and you weren't anticipating eating, come and eat. We want you to eat. We have plenty for you. It's okay. God's already provided for you. Amen. What we want to do is this. When you dismiss here, the restrooms, those of you that are new that are visiting, the restrooms are in the hallway here. Utilize them. When you go into the fellowship hall, they're going to give you a ticket. Take that ticket and find the presents that are there. There's, there's baskets that are family presents. They've got games and movies that are family friendly. All the things that you can do with your friends and family. You can go put a, a ticket in front of that basket. Then we're going to draw for that later. Then you'll be able to get in line and we're going to just go through line and we're going to eat. Amen. Can I first of all, I want to thank all of you that brought some food today. All of you that came that brought some things today. We want to thank you for that. We want to pray and bless it. Use it to strengthen our bodies. Amen. We want to use it to strengthen and nourish our bodies. And I have an amazing young lady that would wants to pray over our food. Do you want to do that for us today? Okay, if you will, stand to your feet. Let's pray. I thank you for this day, the food we eat, the water we drink, the clothes on our back, who's not here just to help them. Feel better in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
Hallelujah. Listen, if you want prayer today, we're going to have some prayer teams here available for you. We'll pray for you today. If you need prayer, come and let us pray for you. God bless you. We look forward to having a good time in the fellowship hall, eating and enjoying one another. We'll open up the youth room and even the back of the church if they want to play on the playground, they'll be available to do that.